God, we're overwhelmed with your love this morning. I pray that in, in this place, you would calm our minds, calm our hearts. God, our prayer is that we would see you this morning. We're overwhelmed with your love because you're perfect, God. We realize how much we need you, how much you love us. God, we can't help but look at you and say, Majesty. I pray that in this place, if any of us have come in and we're thinking of a thousand things or what's to come, that you, you will help us focus in on who you are. And church, if you would right now, just pray for me that every word that comes out of my mouth is from God. God, we're excited for this morning. We're excited to open your word. And we hope to see your face to align our lives with you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, if you would, go ahead and have a seat. Peter, you can throw those lights on. Uh, we are walking through Luke. It's imperative that you have a Bible in your lap in front of you. If you don't have a Bible, there's one um, in a, uh, on, by a chair uh, near you, or there's one over on this lamp back here, or some back there. So if you need a Bible, uh, just grab one of those. Hey, if you can't afford a Bible... <laughs> uh, Take one of ours. It's our gift to you. Take two of them if, if you have to read it twice as long. It doesn't matter. The, the Bible is what everything is based off of here at Church Project. We've been walking through Luke. We finally hit Luke chapter 11. Today we're going to start in verse 33. So you can open your Bibles to that. Luke chapter 11 verse 33. Um, but this is my hope and this is my prayer for us today. That each and every one of us, we will see God move in this passage. Because it's a pretty powerful passage. I've sat with my grandpa. We get to uh, sit and kind of talk about theology. He's a, he's a pastor and a church planner. And, and um, he gets to help me craft messages. And we make a pretty good team, don't we, buddy? We, we make a pretty good team. Well, this, this, uh, this week when we sat, it was one of those in Fuego sessions, Chad. It was on fire. Um, I love having his, his um, wisdom speaking into the life. And some of this, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna find this familiar, Grandpa. And some of this is going to be new. So we, I, have, I have wrestled through this passage greatly this week. How many of you pre-read? How many, how many of you read ahead, Jeremy? All right, good. Okay, a hand back there on the floor. I don't know who that is, but high five to whoever you are. Um, it, this is, this is one of those passages where if you've grown up in church, you've read it, I don't know. You've heard it, I don't know, hundreds of times. I'm not really sure. It's one of those pretty familiar passages that when you read it, you're like, okay, makes a lot of sense. And then as you begin to look at it and kind of unpack it, kind of pick it apart a little bit, if you're anything like me, I'm just not smart enough. I'm like, what are you saying, God? Like, what, what's going on in this? And so it's been neat for myself. And I'll say this again. It's been neat for myself to have to go through this passage because I've really had to wrestle through this. And it's a joy for me to be able to stand here and share God's word with you. I'm kind of like um, very lucky here though, because I'm called to do this every week. If you had to do this every week, get up here and put the microphone on and, and give us a, a, a logical message, you would wrestle through this scripture so much. So here's my challenge for you this week. Go home and act like you're giving a message next week on the upcoming passages. 
It's going to take you hours. You're going to do so much studying. And God is going to show himself to you in really, really special ways. There's moments this week when I was unpacking this, these verses that God spoke to me. And you'll never know about what he was showing me. You just won't. But, but a lot of what God was showing me we're going to talk about this morning. And I would hope and I would pray that as you spend time in scripture yourself, that God will speak to you in incredibly amazing and personal ways. So... Enough with that. Can we get into this? Shake it up. Are you guys tense? Are you loose today? Come on, shake it up. Here we are. We're getting into God's word. Luke chapter 11 verse 33 is where we're going to start. No one lights a lamp and puts it in a place where it will be hidden or under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand so that those who come in may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of of your body. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body also is full of light. But when they are unhealthy, your body also is full of darkness. See to it that the light within you is not darkness. Therefore, if your whole body is full of light and no part of it dark, it will be just as full of light as when the lamp shines its light on you. Now, that would be logical to stop, but we're going to keep going. Verse 37. We're going to put a couple more verses in here. You'll see why in a minute. Verse 37. When Jesus had finished speaking, a Pharisee invited him to eat with him. So he went in and reclined at the table. But the Pharisee was surprised when he noticed that Jesus did not wash before the meal. When the Lord said to him, Now then, you Pharisees, clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You foolish people. I did not know the one who made the outside make the inside also. But now, as for what is inside you, be generous to the poor, and everything will be clean for you. Okay, this is an incredible passage. Let's go and begin to look and see what God may have. If you go up to the very first verse, no one lights a lamp and puts it in a place where it will be hidden or under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand so that those um, who come in may see the light. As I look at this, I want to ask you a question. What do you think the lamp represents? This is time for you to, like, just talk. The gospel? You have to, I'm deaf. I can't hear you. What did you say? I heard some mumbling out there. Okay. No one lights a lamp. Puts it in a place where it will be hidden. May I propose to you that this lamp, I think, can be two things. And it, can, and it, and it kind of goes upon which commentary you're reading and different views and all this stuff. But here's the two things that we came up with. And I, I came up with this week as reading these different commentaries and, and scholars' thoughts and all this wonderful stuff. One, one uh, Multiple people say this lamp is actually Jesus. This lamp is actually Jesus. And, and if you read it with that light, then, then no one, Jesus, puts it in its place where it can be hidden or under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand so those who come and see the light. They're saying that Jesus is so light that you can't hide him. Don't hide him. In fact, shine it. let him shine in your life wherever you go. And so that's, that's one thought. Another thought as, you, as we talk about the lamp is that it's actually our new life that has been given to us in Christ. Now, I like that. I like that side. Because as I, as I think about that, has Jesus come into your life? Has he changed you? If we can just talk in plain terms. If he's come into your life and he's changed you, your light, your love, your life, is everything has changed. 
How dare we take this new life that's in us and hide it? How dare we not shine our light to the world that's around us? See, God has come and he's changed us. Does it do any good if this new light that we have that's been changed, we go and hide in a basement for the rest of our life? Does that do any good to the world around us? I mean, we may have a good relationship with God, right? But no one around us is seeing this light. It's not logical that if our life has been changed and we've been rearranged and there's love that's entered into our life, it's not logical to to take that love and to go hide it, put it under a bushel. No. Remember that song? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Come on, Ray. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. I'm gonna let it shine. See how many of you see how many you grew up in church. Don't let Satan it out. I'm gonna let it shine. Oh, we went in a key change there, right? All right. If you don't know that song and you didn't grow up in church and you missed a lot of VBSs and all these coin weighing competitions, so you're okay. But there's so much truth in that song. This little light of mine, I'm I'm gonna let it shine. Don't let Satan it out. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm going to shine. I'm not going to hide this. Ask a very simple question. Has God changed you? There's light that's inside us. See, in this passage, if we want to take it and kind of put it in its context, Jesus is on his way back to Jerusalem, and his heart is breaking for the lost. Right? He knows. Jesus knows that he's going to Jerusalem. He knows that he's going to go die on the cross. And he's encountering people in every town, in every city that are hurting, that are lost. And he wants to shine life and love to them and give them purpose and give them meaning. To the people far from him, he says, I am the lamp, I am the light, turn to me. Turn to me. To the Christians, to you and I, he's saying, I am in you. I am the light of the lamp. I am the new life, and you find new life in me. Don't let Satan it out. There's a world of people around us that are hurting. A world of people around us that need the love of God. When people see your lamp or your light, do they see Jesus in your life? I'm going to ask that question again. When people see your lamp... When people see your light, do they see Jesus in you? Do they hear him in your voice, your actions, what we say, what we do? How's the light inside of you right now? And I just want to pause for a minute and ask this question. Here's the question. How how is your relationship with Jesus today? Would you say, I'm pretty numb? Um, I've been going through the motions. In fact, I just wanted to sleep in today and watch the Broncos, but I realized they weren't playing, so I came to church. <laughs> How's the light inside of you? See, God wants to bring you alive. This is not a small thing. This is not a game. This is not something we act. God says, when I come inside you, your life is going to produce so much good. It's going to be so amazing. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be all the fruits of the Spirit found in Galatians 5.22. 
The Holy Spirit produces a different kind of fruit. This is what happens when Jesus comes into our life and he comes into our heart. He produces this kind of fruit. How many of you want to turn away any of this fruit? And it's unconditional love. How many of you want superficial, conditional love? Raise your hand. No one. No. Put your hand down. Oh, you want that? Oh, okay. You want that? You, you, you hate unconditional love? No, you're like, come on. Come on, Jason. Everyone listening on podcast, just Jason is giving me a hard time. Okay. Unconditional love is a fruit of the Spirit. That's what God gives us. Joy. Peace. Patience. Kind-heartedness. Goodness. Faithfulness. See, these are the things. These are the fruits that God speaks into our life and puts into our life. I think if you'll notice here, if we look at verse 33, no one lights a lamp, puts it in its place where it will be hidden or under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand. Look at this next part. So that those who come in may see the light. Did you notice that? So those that may come in may see the light. I think it's pretty incredible that light doesn't alienate. It does not alienate. The people who come in and they see the light. See, God didn't give us a light so we can stand up and be proud by our pious people and say, I've got it all together, as we will see here in a minute. See, this light does not alienate. It's a love. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. And he doesn't just say it to you who knows the light. Jesus is saying this to the world at large. Come to me. Are you weary? Do you carry heavy burdens? Are you defeated? Are you down? Are you out? Has Satan kicked your rear, your tail, whatever you want to say? Jesus says, my light does not alienate. My light is love and open for everyone to accept. Isn't this a beautiful message? It means we don't have to come to him perfect, do we? In fact, we can't. Which is incredible. Think about your life. What things have you done that are embarrassing? Don't say them, Chad. <laughs> what things have you done that are wrong, that are shameful, that you think about and you're putting down in those, those dark places that you hope no one finds out about? Sometimes those are the things that Satan brings up in our mind and says, Oh yeah, but you're this bad. You've done this. You don't deserve this love. You're not good enough for it. If people knew about this, if God knew about this, well, he does. And God says, I love you. My light is not an alienating light. It's a receiving light of love. Come to me if you're heavy. If you're carrying burdens that are incredible. Are you stressed out, worried, full of doubt? What are you? Come to me and I will give you rest. Isn't this light beautiful? I thank God for this light in my life every day. This world's a hard place. It's getting harder. But God's love is good. And his light still shines. Regardless of what the outside circumstances look like. Let's go on to verse 34. Your eye, which by the way, I think is our inner self, our conscience, our openness to receive God's word. So let's read it with that in mind. Our eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body is also full of light. But when they are unhealthy, your body also is full of darkness. 
See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. Therefore, if your whole body is full of light and no part of it dark, it will be just as full of light as when the lamp shines its light on you. Okay, we heard a whole lot about light right here, didn't we? This is what i like us to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a translation here, the message translation. So if any of you have the message, you, you can follow along. But if not, this is, what I, this is what I want you to do. Close your eyes. Now think about this as in story form, because that's what message is really good at. Just story form. And I'm going to read just these verses in the message. And I want you to just close your eyes and think about the words that are being said, okay? Here's the story. Your eye is a lamp lighting up your whole body. If you live wide-eyed in wonder and belief, your body fills up with that light. If you, leave, if you live squinted-eyed in greed and disgust, your body is a dark cellar. Keep your eyes open, your lamp burning, so that you don't get musty and murky. Keep your life as well-lighted as your best Lidded room. Church. Ecclesia. Followers of Christ. Are you keeping your eyes open. Looking for Jesus. Or are you squinting your eyes. Trying to do life on your own. See, Jesus says, be wide-eyed, look for me, I'm everywhere. I am light, I am love, I am full of everything good. And as Christians, we can get so numb to this. Let's open our eyes, let's focus on who Jesus is. Keep your eyes and your heart open to receiving God and his word in your life. And I want to ask us a question. Is his word transforming your life today? Is God's word transforming your life? See, this morning, it wasn't like any... It was, it was like most every Sunday mornings for me. And I'm somewhat, if you would say, a professional pastor, right? Would everyone say that? Okay. I kind of... I'm not very professional. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, you got me on that, Ray. Thank you, bud. I did walk into that one, okay. Let's just put it this way. I know a lot of, I have a lot of friends that are pastors all over the country. And this morning was just like a normal morning. Texts start coming about 5 o'clock. Now that one of them's on the East Coast, he owes me. But the texts always come from these pastors, professional people, right, that have studied and whatever. And, it, and, and even this morning's text was like, Man, pray for me. I, I am, I'm numb. I'm angry. I'm blank. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to say. Or I'm tired. Or, I mean, the texts just start coming from all, all my friends, and myself included, that are pastors, and we're called on to stand up, and we're called on to the, be the best and present the best message possible, the gospel. And yes, it's a joy. And yes, guess what? I'm human. Anyone else human? And so even this morning, my, my friend and I were texting back and forth, and he's like, I'm angry and I'm bitter. Please pray that I don't show up angry and bitter. And I'm like, that's probably good. Okay, I'll pray that you're not angry and bitter. You ever heard a message from an angry and bitter pastor? Yikes. Stings in fuego. Okay? 
I'm like, cool, I'll pray for that. And I prayed for him right on the spot. And I said, pray for me. I said, pray for me because this message is so overwhelming to me that I'm kind of at a loss. I'm like, God, like, what are you going to do this morning? And usually I have really specific clarity. Like, I think he's saying this. Boom, I come in just passionate, you know. This morning is one of those mornings where I'm like, this is the best I got. And I hope, God, you're going to do something in this. And so my friend, he, he, he comes and texts me and says, yeah, I'm praying for you too. So we helped each other. It's kind of like a counseling session. Pastors, we're guilty of this. We're guilty of hearing this life-changing message, studying it all week long, being in the middle of it. And sometimes, guess what? It bypasses what? It bypasses us. It bypasses our heart. We hear the words of God, but it's not just coming on us and, and bringing us full of life. Christians, I ask this, and I want to ask this again. Is the word transforming your life? Is God coming alive in you. This isn't something that we can conjure up or something that we can, you know, four steps to come alive in Christ. This doesn't happen this way. It comes alive by spending time with our maker. Finding out who he is. Focusing on him and his light and his love. So are you alive in Christ today? Are you praying to see what he is showing you? Some of us, we had a tough time at work this week. Some of us will have a tough time at work this week. At school, places, wherever we go. Are we praying that we would see God move and he would show us himself even in those hard situations? Or are we just going through them by our own, trying to live and grit it out? See, I believe, like the book of James says, That even in those hard times, God is moving in our life. He's working, he's growing us, and he's molding us to be like him. So are you spending time in his word and are you praying that he would show you who he is even when you're having a hard time? How do you see the Lord in his word? Do you see him as just a good teacher? As just a good example? See, a lot of people can read the Bible, they can read the word and not be transformed by it. There's, there's people today and, and some even pastors in different churches or different areas of life. And non-realism is something that is getting to be more and more apparent and around us. And non-realism, it questions ob- objective truth. And it just states that Christianity is a religion uh, as a religion is not a description Or explanation of reality. It's just a good story. And a good way to live life. So if you believe in non-realism. And you believe that Christianity. Is just a story and a good way to live life. At the very basic of that. You're living a lie. Because why would you base your life. Off of a story. That is about creation. Fall and redemption. And not fully subscribe to the truth found within it. This word is transforming. It's not made to be picked apart and take this piece and and leave this piece over here. This is light and this is love and this is life. Jesus is marching to Jerusalem. He's seeing people that are hurting and he's saying, follow me. And I will give you life.
Do we follow him in our every day in and day out? Do we study the word and seek and run after him? Or do we try to go to God on our terms? If we shut our eyes to his revelation and say that God come to me in my terms, we will be empty and we will be, we will be void. There's no place that we'll ever be able to find instruction or information or direction or comfort or love because we're saying, God, life is on my terms. Psalms 119.11 says this, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Are we, church, hiding the word of God in our hearts we might not sin against God? I want to skip a couple things because I, I think God is kind of getting us down to a point here. So um, give me a second here. Are we becoming spiritually mature in our lives? And when, when I say spiritually mature in our lives, it means that yesterday we're a little further along than we were um, the day before. And this is what I would call spiritually mature. It's when our convictions and our beliefs override our emotions and our feelings. We become spiritually mature when our convictions and our beliefs override our emotions and our feelings. That means today, even if I'm not feeling it, I'm still realizing that God is in control and I'm trusting him no matter matter what our emotions and feelings are going through, but we have convictions and beliefs that are deeper than anything. We realize that his love is the deepest possible form of life, light, instruction, and all of life. Are we becoming spiritually mature individuals? That should be our goal. Falling so in love with God that no matter what, we know that he is in control. Let's get to verse 36. Therefore, if you light, your whole body is, um, therefore, if your whole body is full of light and no part of it is dark, it will be just as full of light as when the lamp shines on you. When you see a therefore in the Bible, you need to ask a simple question. Why is it therefore? What is it therefore? So we come here and there's a therefore. What is it therefore? And I think this is all what verse 36 says. It says, let the word of God fully transform your life and don't hold anything back. Let the word of God fully transform your life and don't hold anything back. So Jesus is teaching. He's saying, I am light. Run after me. And when you run after me, you're going to become spiritually mature more and more every day. And your life is going to resemble mine more and more every day. And people around you are going to see this. They're going to see this light. And they're, want, they're going to want to be like this. So Jesus is teaching this. And then we get to this part right here that I want to touch on just briefly. And it's the verses 37 through 41. I'm not going to read them again. This is what happens. The Pharisee, the professional, the awesome man of integrity that has followed every law and rule his whole life, outwardly looks like the most godly man ever. You know any of these people? The one that has followed every rule his whole life looks at God and says, why are you doing that? And Jesus said, why are you looking on the outside so much? It's the inside that matters. And discredits the Pharisee for following all the laws, but the inside wasn't changed. Read this on your own. This is good stuff, but I'm, I'm giving you the Aaron summary right here, right? 
See, the Pharisee was so concerned about the outward um, appearance, the way that they appeared religiously to everyone else. And Jesus reminds them it's about the inward devotion and not about the looking the part. Remember who you are in Christ and don't let it pass your heart. 1 Thessalonians 5, 5 says, We are a son, daughters of the light and not of darkness. Here it is. You want it for this morning? Shut your Bible. Think about this. Jesus says, I am light. I am love. Follow me. I've, t- I've come to give you that light. That light may expose some things in your life that are need to be corrected. But it's also going to fill you with everything that you need. Are you keeping wide-eyed looking for me? Or are we squinting, saying, God, I'll come to you, but it's going to be on my terms. I can see your scripture, but I'm only going to accept some of it. I know what you're doing, but I'm going to hold you back. Are we wide-eyed looking after God like Kids just excited, saying, God, wow. Or are we saying, I see you, God. Like the Pharisee, who looked the part, but inward wasn't changed. Do you look the part? If so, you might scare me a little bit. Do we just look the part, or have we been changed? This is the part, and I say this every week, where I pray the most for this part right here, right now. Because I just spewed words. And I prayed over those words. I prayed that the Holy Spirit would teach us something incredible this morning. But each and every one of us, if we've called on the name of the Lord, the Holy Spirit lives on us and is directing us and teaching us. So in this moment right here, He can be teaching you and showing you some amazing things about Himself. This is where I think you get to sit face to face with your king, your redeemer, your maker. And he gets to show you how much he loves you. He gets to speak into your life. So I'm not here. It's just you and God in this moment. If you would, just close your eyes. If you're comfortable with it, just hold your hands out in front of you with your palms in the air. Just in a submission stance, just saying, God, here's my life. I give you all of me. And I receive anything you want to show me in this moment. So let's just spend a couple moments in silence while you talk with God and say, here I am, God. Just say, God, here I am. Please show me who you are. Hold your hands out to God and say, God, search me. Bring to mind anything in my life that's not lined up with you. And oh God, I give that to you this morning.
and ask us a couple questions. When, when people see your life, do they see Jesus in you? And are we shining his light into this world? That doesn't mean we have to be perfect because we're not. But is you, are you living your life in such a way that others are seeing Jesus in you? His light has been shining for over 2,000 years. Are we better at embracing it than this particular Pharisee at this time in this passage? Or are we missing it, so worried about how we appear to everyone else? Are we putting up a facade? Or is there true life change happening deep inside of our soul? you're putting up a facade and you're asking others to look at the outside then in this moment just quietly give that to God say God oh please break my heart for you I want to love you so much and I want to be changed on the inside maybe reflected when what others see but God I want I want a revival on the inside Are you sincerely chasing after God searching for who he is in your life Do we dig into his word? Do we hide it in our heart? Do we approach each new day with open hands and a soft heart saying, God, use me. Wherever I go, use me. Help me tell people, show people your love. And I want to ask us a final question in here. Some of us in this room, we... uh, never given control of of our life or given God control of our life if you're in this place and you've never in your life just in in some way said God I'm done trying life on my own and I want to give it to you if you've never done that this is your morning to do that just hold out your hands right here and say God here's my life the good, the bad, every part of it I give it to you. Because you're God and I'm not. Because you're perfect and I'm not. And I need you. Just give him control of your life today. In this place, when we get a view of who God is, it's, it's incredible, isn't it? In our hearts, God is beating wildly right now. We align our lives with him. It's a beautiful moment. And when we find that moment, we can't help but to raise our hands, to use our body, to use all our tools, whatever we have, just to say, God, you're awesome. And so this is the time of response for you.
as you look at your king in the face, how do you respond this morning? Maybe it's by filling out a response card in your chair, just writing a prayer request down, just whatever God's doing, or journaling, write, write that. Or, or maybe it's just sitting in your chair, continuing to focus on His face. Maybe it's, it's, it's standing up and worshiping as we sing praises to Him. Maybe it's praying. If some of you need prayer, Brent is up here on the front right. He would love to pray with you about anything and everything. Some of you, it's we are going to worship God, and it's even with our tithes and our offerings over in the back right. Some of us, it's just walking around or sitting down. I'm not sure how you're going to worship God this morning, but this is the moment that I've been praying for and our team has been praying for the most. The moment where our lives intersect with His. So how is your life intersecting with His this morning? Don't be fake. Don't hide it under a bushel. But let that light shine and let God come alive in you this morning. Take it all away